Welcome back to Equity Tutors. Today is our first lesson back after the summer break and we are going to start on the second year of A-levels for all the different biology exam boards. So if you haven't already listened to all the lessons that were covered for AS level, I would recommend you go back and listen to those so that you have a good solid foundation to start learning about these topics that we're going to cover this year. We're going to kick off with the first module, which is energy transfer. And within that module, I'm going to start today by talking about photosynthesis and specifically the light dependent reaction within photosynthesis. Now, don't worry if you don't know what that is, uh, you will do by the end of the lesson. But before we actually get into photosynthesis, we're going to do a little bit of a recap on the structure of the chloroplasts and their function within plant cells. So again, we did cover this briefly in the plants module from last year. So if you have no idea what I'm talking about, go back and look at that before you listen to today's lesson. Okay, so let's just get started. So you should remember from the previous lessons that there are some key differences between plant cells and animal cells and one of the differences in plant cells is that they contain chloroplasts and chloroplasts are what makes the leaves of a plant seem green. They are the organelle within the plant cell um, which allow photosynthesis to occur. So I'm now just going to quickly go over the structure of the chloroplasts and this will be very important later to link this with their function. So chloroplasts are filled with a fluid which is known as stroma and stroma is where the light independent stage of photosynthesis occurs so we're going to talk about that more in my next lesson. Chloroplasts are surrounded by a double membrane envelope and each of the membranes is a phospholipid bilayer so again go back and look at the previous lesson if this is making no sense to you. So we can think of the chloroplast as a sac and it has two membranes that form the chloroplast envelope. Inside this chloroplast there is stroma which is a liquid. Within the liquid there are membrane structures which we call thylakoids. Thylakoids are flattened sacs that are surrounded by a membrane and when these thylakoids stack up they form a structure which we call a grana. Or if it's a singular one, we call it a granum. And these grana, which are stacked thylakoids, um, are then also connected by channels which are called stroma lamellae. And this lets the, the grana be connected to each other, but also keeps them far away. So a really key thing about the thylakoid to remember is that there are lots of them and This allows for there to be a really large surface area um, within the chloroplast for the light-dependent reaction to occur. So we're going to go on to exactly what that is later, but really important to remember that there is a large surface area that the thylakoid is made up of. 
The other thing that the chloroplasts contain are ribosomes. So they have 70S ribosomes. So again, go back um, and have a look at the previous lessons if that sounds very confusing to you. And these are dotted throughout the stroma. And then there are also starch grains within the chloroplasts. And this is how the sugars that are formed during photosynthesis are stored. Now, important thing to remember is that there are two membranes that surround the chloroplast and then within the chloroplast there are these membranes that form the thylakoids which then stack to form grana. So there's the membranes that surround the chloroplast and then there's membranes within the chloroplast. So I've just gone over the general structure of the chloroplast but now we're going to go into a bit more detail on the structures that are involved in photosynthesis. So we're going to be talking about the different photosynthetic pigments and also the photosystems that they form. Photopigments are molecules that can absorb visible light and once the molecules have absorbed the light they can then undergo a chemical change and this is part of the photosynthesis process. So we are now going to talk about a few different photosynthetic pigments. The main one that you will have heard about is the chlorophylls and there are two types of chlorophylls that you need to know about and this is chlorophyll A and chlorophyll B. To know for later on, in photosystem 2 the main chlorophyll is chlorophyll B and the primary pigment in photosystem 1 is chlorophyll A. Don't worry about what uh, photosystem 1 and 2 are for now because we're going to go over that later on. Then we also have some other types of pigments so we have carotenoids there is beta carotene there's also xanthophile and these absorb light in a different wavelength i'm going to go into a bit about what exactly each of these pigments absorb and how these are then arranged to form the photosystems so the chlorophylls absorb wavelengths in the blue violet and red regions of the light spectrum and they reflect green light, which is why chlorophyll makes the plant appear green. So you need to remember that the colour that the, the pigment absorbs is not the colour that it will appear. So it will appear the colour of the wavelengths that it's reflecting. So remember that just because a, a photopigment is uh, one colour, that does not mean it absorbs that colour. So really be careful with that in your exams. So that means that Chlorophyll appears green, but it absorbs blue, violet, and red light. And then carotenoids mainly um, absorb blue-violet light, which means that they appear orange or yellow. So they reflect orange and yellow, so that's the colour that they appear to our eyes. Chlorophyll A and B are the ones that we are going to be talking a bit more about as we go on with the lesson. So as I said earlier... The light-dependent stage of photosynthesis occurs in the thylakoid membranes and also within the spaces inside the thylakoids, which are called the thylakoid spaces. And the membranes provide a really large surface area for photosynthesis to occur, as I mentioned earlier. And the reason for this is because they have a large number of pigment molecules that allow the thylakoid to absorb as much visible light as possible. Within the thylakoids, these photopigments are not just randomly arranged, they are actually arranged in these things called photosystems, which are clusters of these pigment molecules 
which help to maximize the amount of light that's absorbed. So within a photosystem, the different pigment molecules are arranged in a way to pass down the light to the primary pigment reaction center. So I know this might sound a bit confusing. Do go and have a look at the diagram so it can make a bit more sense to you. It's kind of like a funnel. So you have um, it wider at the top and you have pigments there. And then as you go down, you have different pigment as it goes down and each pigment molecule passes the energy from the one above down to the one below it. The light will hit the first pigment molecule and that will then send its energy to the one below it and so on and so on until it reaches the bottom which we call the primary pigment reaction center. So we call chlorophylls primary pigments because they're the ones that are mostly used in photosynthesis that's chlorophyll A and B, but we also have the accessory pigments which surround the primary pigments within the photosystems and they help to allow absorption of more different wavelengths of light and also similar wavelengths of light to really improve the amount of light that gets into the photosystem. So both chlorophylls and carotenoids are present in the photosystems and as I said, we have mainly chlorophyll A in photosystem one and mainly chlorophyll B in photosystem two. As I said, do have a look at the diagrams as it will make much more sense what I'm talking about if you do. Within each photosystem, there are about 200 molecules of chlorophyll and about 50 of the carotenoids. So these are both really important for the photosystem to function. Within the thylakoid membrane as I said there are both photosystem 1 and photosystem 2 and an important thing to remember is that the reaction center of these photosystems so for photosystem 1 it is p700 and for photosystem 2 it is p680 and the energy is concentrated into these reaction centers and this is what allows for the process of photosynthesis to continue. So we're going to go on to exactly what happens in photosynthesis in a second. Okay, so now that we know about the structures that are involved in photosynthesis, we can actually get going and start learning about exactly what happens during this process. So as I said at the beginning, we can split photosynthesis into two different processes. We can split into the light dependent reaction and the light independent reaction. And as the name suggests, the first step, the light dependent reaction needs light, but the light independent reaction can happen with no light. Now, this bit will be a bit confusing, so don't worry if it seems extremely complicated. There is a lot to understand, and you will probably have to go over this a couple of times to really understand it, so don't worry if it's not clicking the first time. I'm going to go slowly over it and try and review it a couple of times as we go to make sure that it's as clear as possible. But really do go and have a look at the diagrams because without them you will be very lost. So the first thing I'm just going to talk about is a little bit more on the photosystems. So the thylakoid membranes contain the photosynthetic pigments as we just uh, talked about and they make up these photosystems. But the membranes also contain enzymes and electron carriers and these are vital for 
the light dependent reaction to happen. Proteins and the pigments make up these electron transport chains, um, which allow electrons to move through the membrane. Again, this will make a bit more sense once I've gone into how this reaction happens. And then the other thing to remember is that there are these two photosystems. So there's photosystem one and photosystem two. Now, slightly confusingly, uh, photosystem two is actually the one that we are going to talk about first because that comes first in the the process and then we have photosystem one after so this sounds a bit confusing now but if you go and look at the diagram this will make a bit more sense so the light dependent reaction starts off with light entering photosystem two and this is absorbed by the different photopigments as we talked about and eventually it ends up down at the P680 reaction center, which is at the bottom of the photosystem. And the chlorophyll in the P680 reaction center then get moved to a higher unstable energy level. So they become excited due to the light and this means they can then become independent and move away from the chlorophyll that they came from. So at this point, these electrons can then move. So they then travel from photosystem two along the electron transport system to enter photosystem one. So it, they go from photosystem two to photosystem one. And during this process, some of the energy that these electrons have is used to pump protons across the thylakoid membrane. And I will talk a bit more about the reason for this and how this is part of the reaction a bit later on. But for now, we're just going to concentrate on what happens to those electrons. So once they've left photosystem two, they pass along the electron transport chain and they head to photosystem one. There they get even more energy from the light that has entered into photosystem one and they enter into the P700 reaction center. And then once they're there, they again reach this high energy level and they can go through the second electron transport system. This time, this doesn't cause the pumping of protons, but actually reduces NADP. So two electrons will join one molecule of NADP and now because the NADP has two extra electrons, it will also attract two positive protons to balance out the charge and it will end up being NADPH. So this is then used in the next part of photosynthesis, which we will cover next lesson. So basically what's happened is Light has excited electrons in photosystem one. They've traveled along the electron transport system and that has caused protons to be pumped across the membrane. They've got to photosystem one where they have been further excited and they have then joined with NADP, which has in turn caused two protons to also join the NADP, which causes it to become NADPH, which we can also call reduced NADP. So at the end of this reaction, we have lost electrons from the first photosystem, which is photosystem two. So to get the electrons back, 
they actually get them from a process called photolysis of water, which is where water is broken down by light into oxygen and hydrogen. And the two hydrogens go off on their own. So those are H pluses and the two electrons that come off at the same time go into photosystem 2 to replace the ones that have been lost um, in the process of them getting excited by light. So basically when water is broken down by light it forms oxygen, hydrogen and electrons. So the electrons go to replace the ones that were lost. The oxygen is a waste product and the hydrogen ions are used um, in the process as well. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more now. So as I said earlier, in the electron transport chain, there are these hydrogen pumps which actively transport hydrogen from the stroma, which is the fluid in the chloroplast, into the thylakoid lumen. And the way that this gets its energy, the way that the proton pumps get the energy to do this is from those electrons moving through the electron transport chain. So basically, as those electrons move, they give these proton pumps energy and that allows them to bring hydrogen ions from the stroma into the thylakoid lumen. And that is an active process and it goes against the concentration gradient. So by doing this, then a, a proton gradient is created with a high concentration of protons in the lumen and a lower concentration in the stroma. So at this point, protons can move back down their concentration gradient via facilitated diffusion. Again, if you don't know what this is, go back and listen to uh, last year's lessons to really understand the different types of diffusion and uh, the different organelles and proteins that are used in these processes. So when the protons move back down the concentration gradient via facilitated diffusion, they move through a transmembrane ATP synthase enzyme. And this movement through allows the enzyme to synthesize ATP by adding a phosphate group to ADP. So ADP plus phosphate gives you ATP. And this process of adding the phosphate group is known as photophosphorylation, as the light is what gives the energy to allow for the ATP synthase to function. So I know that is a lot of information, but I'm just going to quickly recap what goes on and then we can go over the products of uh, the light dependent reaction. And then in next week's lesson, we will go into more depth on the light independent reaction. The first step is that photosystem 2 is stimulated with light and that causes electrons to be excited at the primary pigment center at the bottom of the photosystems. This causes the electrons to be excited An electron, two electrons leave and they move across the electron transport chain. Uh, just something to note as well, the process of the electrons becoming excited can be called photoactivation. So once the electrons have been photoactivated, they then move down along the electron transport chain. And this um, movement can power the 
the proton pumps, which bring in protons from the stroma into the thylakoid lumen. So once they reach photosystem one, they get more excited and these two electrons then join with NDP and this causes two protons to also join to, to counteract the negative charge and this forms NADPH or we can also call this reduced NDP. So that is what happens to the electrons. Then the the concentration gradient now of the hydrogen ions or the, the protons, we can also call them protons, is that there's more protons in the lumen than in the stroma. So the protons want to move down the concentration gradient so they can move via facilitated diffusion through ATP synthase. And as they do that, they give the ATP synthase energy to phosphorylate ADP to form ATP. And finally, to replace the electrons that were lost from photosystem 2, water undergoes photolysis where light energy is used to break apart H2O, which forms oxygen, hydrogen, and then also releases its electrons into photosystem 2 to replace the ones that are lost during the process I just spoke about. I know that was an awful lot of information, so do take the time to go back and listen again to check that you do understand it. So by the end of the light-dependent reaction, we have several different products. We have reduced NADP, which is produced when the NADP joins with two electrons and two protons. And we also have ATP. So ATP is formed during the process of photophosphorylation, where one phosphate group is added to ADP. These are the products that are going to be needed in the light-independent reaction, so we'll learn more about that next week. But the other important thing to understand is that there are some waste products from this process, and one of those waste products is oxygen. So during the light-dependent reaction, we said there is photolysis and oxygen is produced, and that is actually a waste product because you don't need the oxygen from this to do anything. It's just a byproduct of splitting the water. It's important to remember that the oxygen produced is actually not a product that is needed. Okay, so I think that is it for today. I know that was an awful lot for the first lesson back, but I promise it will make sense if you just keep going over it and do look at the diagrams. There are a lot of things going on in the light-dependent reaction, so just really get it clear in your mind where the electrons are at each point, what they're doing, and where the energy is coming from. But I believe that you can get it if you just put in the time to understand. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can access additional content on our Patreon page by searching for Equity Tutors, where we have a second 30-minute lesson every week, plus monthly bonus content. You can also find us on most social media platforms. We will keep you updated on new content and you can find us there by searching for Equity Tutors UK. Please like, share, subscribe and comment wherever you are listening. And if you're enjoying, please leave a review. Bye.